from Television City in Hollywood. We're getting near the end of our Kitty Pond 2019 year in review. I'm of course, I'm Jason Bullitt. And we got another trip through time we're going to take care of. One to the more recent past and the other way back in time, a lot further back. In the summer of 2019, or at least the early portion thereof, I recalled my annual trip to Cooperstown. But not only that, I took listeners on a trip back to the summer of 1994 and how I experienced it. At least as much as I can remember, because it was like, what, 25, almost 26 years ago? Holy friggin' crap. How different life was back then. So, without any further delay, we got two more episodes to go in this retrospective, by the way. Without any further ado, let hindrance, etc. This was episode 79 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast. And it starts right now. From Television City in Hollywood. Welcome to episode number 79 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, the most above average podcast ever to hit your ear holes. My name, of course, and as always, is Jason Bullitt. The man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, Jeff. And I'm coming to you from, ah, you know, I've said it so many times before, why should I even bother? Anyway, here we are at mid-June of 2019. It's just about summertime, at least on the calendar anyway. And I had a little brief invasion from Otis the Wonder Dog. But to get back on track here, I've had plenty happen to me since last I spoke and you listened. I got over the commute from hell for one, but plenty has happened in my life and I can't wait to tell you all about it. So why am I wasting my breath with this intro? Let's start off by getting to my social media plugs. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at keep underscore podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Jason underscore 51838. And there's also the Keep It To Yourself Facebook page. So now you have two places to go on your social medias for your kitty podcast fix. He said rather haltingly trying to get out of that segment. Got a couple of shout outs here to start the show. And first one is Phil Grandin. He lives out in Northampton, Massachusetts. He was a classmate of mine. We were in the uh, cast of State Fair is my senior year, and his too. He gave the Keep It To Yourself Facebook Facebook page. Hello, made me feel great, you know. He gave the Facebook page a like some time ago, so I wanted to say a big shout to him. Sorry that was late in coming. And also I want to give a shout out to Frank Sakar, and this is going to go right into the vanity portion of the show. I've hung out with him not once but twice since last I spoke you listened. The first of which is going to start the vanity portion of the show, and it's going to be the vegan food festival that I was at in early June. It was quite the event I attended. After some time, I met up with Frank and Heidi. We were out on, I believe it was Broadway in Troy, and we stood in line for vegan hot dogs, one of the tents on that street. And all of a sudden, 
there came quite a storm, man. It was like rain, wind, the whole thing. Thunder, lightning, you name it. All of a sudden, I was talking with Frank, and it got to be like the priest in Caddyshack talking with Bill Murray. How do you Well, it was worth it, standing out in the rain for a hot dog. I actually got a vegan hot dog. I forgot what it was now. It was so long ago, like a few weeks back. All I remember is that I got kale Caesar salad. I got something on there, but it was a great hot dog. It was delicious. In fact, the rain came down so hard, another restaurant in Albany let us go into their tent to take shelter while the storm was raging. I came close to losing my recording device and a fryer nearby. I was using my phone. I said, well, I'd better turn away from these people to use the phone here. Look at the weather forecast, see when this rain's going to subside. And I feared as though I was going to lose the phone into a already unused fryer. Well, it had been previously used, but they ran out of food. It went so quick. It was just as well, given the weather and all that. You know, they got there. It was great seeing Frank and Heidi. I would see them again later on at their regular venue, their normal habitat, if you will. And speaking of festivals, I also attended my first ever Renaissance Festival. I went with three members of my autism support group. Actually, three of us drove down, and we met the two others there. Actually, we met one of them, and then one other person drove down from somewhere nearby. It was held at this place called Indian Ladder Farms in Altamont. And it was quite the experience going back to the 13th century, though it was almost an outdoor nerd festival, seeing a reenactment of the Dalek from Doctor Who. Exterminate! So I had a good time there, got to see a joust. And also, I got to see this group of ladies called Vixens on Guard who did improv comedy. It's like 10 minute Shakespeare with a little audience participation thrown in for good measure. And I found out later that day. They had given me the follow on Instagram because I tagged them on my IG story. So quite a great day all around. It was a little warm for my liking, but it was all good. Then later that evening, I got to go over to my sister's house at a cookout. My nephew had one of his Pony League baseball teammates come over and he ate with us. My brother-in-law cooked pork loin for the first time ever and he did a great job. And then afterwards, I got to play a little baseball with him. I didn't get to hit the ball, but first off, I tossed the ball to this friend of his. And then I got to be the backstop of shorts and of sorts. I don't know where my head is right now. I'm going to be honest with you. I have a bit of a cold. I shouldn't be doing this, but at least I'm not deathly ill or sick or otherwise. I'm a little congested in the nose, but hopefully this isn't spoiling your enjoyment so far. If not that, certainly my rambling would ruin it. But come on, man, why would you want to do that? Anyway, after I was done doing these underhand tosses to my nephew's friend, my brother-in-law took over, and then he wanted to pitch, and I was kind of the backstop, like the catcher. I even took a ball off the left shin. It wasn't serious injury or anything like that, but still, I had a good time doing it, and then about 6.15, I just went home and took it easy that night. Before we go any further, I want to mention... My intro music for this episode, I played Right Place, Wrong Time, and that's in memory of Dr. John. Not the Dr. John who was my dentist in Saratoga way back when, but an artist who performed under the name Dr. John. He passed away some time ago, and I gave Richard Pryor the week off, so that's why you didn't hear a hey man in the beginning of this episode. So rest in peace, Dr. John. You were the man. I already did the theme from the sitcom Blossom. That's how I first got to hear of Dr. John. 
and he was quite the performer, from what I hear, based down in New Orleans. So they go right there. That noise with the refrigerator, I'm downstairs at the living room of Bullet House. All right, this is a kind of a new segment or something I haven't done in a good long while. And it's called In the News. Now, for those of you who don't know, I'm a fan of the game show Jeopardy here in the United States. And just recently, and by recently I mean early June, earlier this month, there was a contestant by the name of James Holtzauer. And he had himself an epic streak on that show. And it ended after, I think, about... Oh, just over a month. And she lost to this librarian person. The name escapes me right now. And we thought, oh, geez. We found the female analog to this Holtzauer person. And unfortunately, well, her reign didn't last anywhere as long as Jeopardy James's was. There was some controversy, though, that the result was leaked. But I really didn't seem to mind, to be honest with you. But I got to tell you, for a time there, watching Jeopardy was just getting depressing. Sure, it was good for a while, but the novelty was quickly lost. And it was uh, quite a run, though. I mean, I got to respect the guy's hustle. He won almost $2.5 million, and he's sure to kick butt again next season during the Tournament of Champions. So we have that to look forward to, I guess. So there you go right there. Also, there was another item from the news that hit close to home for me, and that is Apple apparently doing away with its old iTunes platform. Now, I remember the early days of iTunes when I had a college roommate, the one and only time I had somebody like that, and he had this thing called iTunes on his Mac. This is 2002, by the way. iTunes had just come onto the scene, and none of us knew what a game changer this was going to be. We didn't realize the full impact of what a service like iTunes was and how it was going to spawn other stuff like Spotify, Shazam, Apple Music, this, that, and the other. Well, Apple Music being successful as it is, the folks at Apple found iTunes to be rather redundant. So they're going to do away with that. Now, I've been left scrambling a bit to find a way to load podcasts onto my iPod. Yeah, I still have an iPod. Don't judge. Hopefully I have a... Great replacement waiting in the wings, mainly because I have Windows. I don't have a Mac. I'm more a Windows person. But that's just me. Hopefully this replacement will be just as good as Apple Podcasts or iTunes when it goes away. Or music, podcasts, etc., etc. So for now, you can find me on Apple Podcasts, as I want to tell you at the end of every episode. But even when Apple Podcasts or iTunes does go away, there will be other places you'll be able to find me. If you don't have an iPhone, there's Spotify. Well, hopefully one day we'll be back on there. Try and get a new host. I mean, no disrespect to Podbean. You can listen to me on Podbean too. You can also listen on SoundCloud, though. I'm going to probably do away with that. I'm not getting much action on that front. There's also Himalaya, not a sponsor. And there's other podcasters where podcasts like mine and others can be caught. So that has been in the news. And in an awkward way... We're going to go now to a beloved segment of this podcast called Tales of Franklin Alley, Non-Trivia Edition. Well, no trivia for a while at Franklin Alley Social Club, so there's really been no need to bring this segment back. 
But I do want to mention the indie jukebox takeover that took place this past Thursday as I record this. It was just me at the house, so I left Otis to his own devices. Well, I had to feed him first because my dad was away visiting his girlfriend. And what I did was I left about 7.30 to get to Franklin Alley. And I got to admit, one thing, punctuality is not really my forte as someone with high-functioning autism. I try and make the event, I make every effort to get there, but I'll usually get there about a few minutes late. Usually, if it's my friend, they don't seem to mind. They, you know, Frank texted me, hey, I just want to say I fired off the playlist for playing it right now. And it was a bit of a small crowd to start, but this was more of a late night play. So about 9 o'clock in the evening, we got more of a goodly crowd. But being a college town like Troy, New York, you know, you got mostly RPI students. Those people have gone away for the summer. They've gone their separate ways, gone home or you know, have internships, you know, whatever. So it was mostly the townies that were populating this joint. But I did like the turnout. Frank and I played shuffleboard, too. We played a close game the first time out. The second game, he friggin' waxed me. And then we did a third game just for funsies. And it was quite the affair, too, man. He, he beat me as well. We kind of went backwards, though, but I had the lead for a couple occasions. He beat me, though. However, there was one notable incident during the playing of the indie playlist, so carefully curated by yours truly. One of the guys went on the jukebox and played Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Well, whoever was running the counter time forgot to put the sign up at the jukebox and say, hey, we're going to be playing the house music. We got a little playlist going here, so don't be even thinking about putting money in the jukebox because you ain't going to be hearing what you're paying for. Well, that was only one incident. I did, really didn't get upset over it. But I did have Brian Arakpo going in my head at that moment saying, Come on, man. What are we doing out there, man? But order was quickly restored, and Frank had the guy running the counter put the sign up on the jukebox, and all was back to normal. Well, Frank let me go at about 20 minutes to 11. Got back around 11.30. I had work the next morning. I tried to get that day off, but... That was to no avail. I knew I was going to have a late night, which I did. But it did affect me the next day. So there you have it right there. This has been a rather long-winded, non-trivia version of Tales of Franklin Alley. You're welcome, America. All right, folks. We now go to Jason's Sports Corner. A loaded edition here. And if you're not in the sports, well, you can just go ahead and fast forward to the next segment. I should probably put timestamps in this episode because there's so much to discuss here, as I stated previously. And since last I spoke, you listened last week, we've had two of the Winter Sports Championships decided. First off, the St. Louis Blues. Congratulations to them. For the first time in their franchise history, they won the Stanley Cup. They crushed the Boston Bruins 4-1 in Game 6 last Wednesday night as I record this. What a time for the city of St. Louis. The guy who didn't want any of the Boston sports teams to win, I really felt happy. This meant a lot more to me than probably people in St. Louis. Well, it meant about the same, to be honest. And I saw highlights of the parade on Saturday while I was in Cooperstown. More on that trip later. And also, the following night saw the end of the 2019 NBA Finals. Oh, Canada. The Toronto Raptors took down the three-time defending champion, actually two-time, rather, 
three in the last four year champion Golden State Warriors on their court. The last game ever at Oracle Arena in Oakland. They're moving to San Francisco next season. Got an arena there. It was great seeing Kawhi Leonard win a championship. He was doing this to the Warriors the whole time during the celebration. <laughs> it was great to see Kawhi Leonard get another NBA championship. He had already gotten one with the Spurs a few years back. Also great to see rings going to Kyle Lowry, to Serge Ibaka, Marcus Saul, this kid named Pascal Siakam, who nobody had heard about until this NBA final. There's this one player, there's always a player on this team that you never hear much about on any team, regardless of whether they win or lose, until the finals come about. So it was a great moment for those who... Didn't like the bad guys to win. And what a week this has been. Of course, we had the celebration yesterday in T.O. And it was almost turned tragic. There was a shooting incident that took place nearby. Thankfully, nobody was killed, but four people were injured. Thankfully, and like I said, nobody was killed. There was no loss of life. It almost marred the celebration in Nathan Phillips Square in Toronto. So winter sports are over. We go into the dog days of the sporting season. Women's World Cup, though, is going on this year. And I did watch a game on, fr uh, not Friday, it was Father's Day. I watched the U.S. shut out Chile 3-0. Of course, this is following on from early last week, one week ago today. And that was the opening group match for Team USA, the 13-0 whooping they put on Thailand. There was some controversy going on with the celebration. I didn't watch the game, but Team USA celebrated every goal, all 13 of them. And there was quite a bit of controversy and criticism levied Team USA's way when they celebrated every goal afterwards. And it was, you know, you didn't want to pile it on there. You know, act like you've been there before should be the watchword or the phrase that pays on this one. You know, let them have their fun, but you really just want to tone it down if you get, like, I don't know, 6 nothing. Like, all right, we get it. You're putting a whooping on these cats. Team USA has their last group stage game against Sweden on Sunday. Actually, on Friday. My mind's all over the joint. I'm sorry. And, of course, there was the Belmont Stakes. I tuned in the Saturday prior to this one. I just want to see if there's going to be any more of the goofiness that was part of the previous two Triple Crown races. There was no Triple Crown on the line, obviously. But we did have an upset. Thankfully, uh, no horses got in the way of other horses. No jockeys fell off their mounts. And it went about as smooth as it can get. And I just want to give you a little friendly reminder. Only 23 days until Saratoga Racecourse opens their 2019 meet. And, of course, the Yankees, well, they've been struggling a little bit since last I spoke. And you listen, the night of the Vegan Food Festival, Clint Frazier made a boo-boo against the Red Sox. And it, it sent the Bronx Bombers into a bit of a tailspin. All of a sudden, they're in a dogfight with Tampa Bay like they've been for most of this season. I don't know how they did last night against the Rays. But going into the weekend and going into Sunday's action, they were in first place in the American League East. We got Edwin Encarnacion in a trade from Seattle. He was ex with the Toronto Blue Jays, so he's back in the American League East. So that's a loaded edition of Jason Sports Corner in the rearview mirror.
And that's going to lead into what was the main topic of this episode for two years running. But it's going to be kind of a smaller segment. It's going to take a smaller scope here. And I forgot to tell you the main topic. We're going to be looking back at the summer of 1994. One of my favorite summers of all time. So a little nostalgia here, personally. As we're going to talk about our trip to Cooperstown, New York. Or my trip, rather. So just after 9.30, I met up with my friend Dave. His wife, Andrea, brother-in-law, Howard, a few other people had already arrived at the house by the time I got there just after 9.30. We were going to figure out who was going to ride with whom. And it turns out I wound up riding with Dave and I think another person, a woman named Joanne. All three of us went direct to the teepee. It was such a nice day out to start. It was not too bad out. It wasn't cool out, but it wasn't warm either. It was just right for the day. It did get warm, however, once I got to the TP in Cherry Valley. Well, aren't we going to Sharon Springs? No, we decided to skip that. Saved a lot of time. So we got there about 11.30. Took us over an hour to get there. The TP is one of these great tourist traps. At least, you can, at least you can get the tourist trap in upstate New York standards. Didn't get anything from the store. I saved all my money for Petey's chuck wagon. But there was a change. Petey's sister was running the show as the man himself was unfortunately sick. He had come down with some kind of GI bug. I apologize if I've ruined your lunch or breakfast or your meal, whatever it is you're eating right now if you're listening to this. Well, I did see a glove on Petey's sister's hand, so I figured, all right, let's roll the dice with lunch, shall we? So with that in mind, I got a veggie burger. It's hearty healthy on the road, but boy, they give me that option at the chuck wagon. I got a vegetable burger with a slice of American cheese and banana peppers. It was really good. Now, since I had all those vegetables on a veggie burger, it would be redundant to have lettuce, tomato, and onion on it. So she asked me, do you want those taken off? I said, yeah, why not? I got 50 cents off the whole thing, so I only paid $4.50 for instead of 5 bucks. Very economical lunch. I think I paid a little extra with all the toppings there. I think you get like 50 cents each. Or you get like $1.25 for three. But it was a good lunch. Everybody was waiting for me. I was among the last of the group to get my lunch. And they're asking me, hey, are you have you gotten your lunch yet? I said, no, not yet. But I would in due time. So after all that ended, we sallied forth. From the TP to the Fly Creek Cider Mill. That's always a highlight of the trip right there. All that good food stuff. They were generous with the samples, as always. I wound up getting, at the suggestion of my host for this trip, I got a bottle of apple butter, apple pie jam, which I have not tried yet, but I heard it's good, so my host told me. I got two little bag thingies of coffee. I got Tiger Lily toffee and Cider Mill decaf which I had Sunday and Monday, respectively. Sunday was Father's Day, by the way. A belated greeting to all the dads out there. Hope you all had a good day. I celebrated with my brother-in-law the day after the trip. Went over to his house, despite the weather, for a little cookout. Had a couple of cheeseburgers. But back to the lecture at hand here. I got the coffee. I got the jam, the apple butter. No key lime curd or lemon curd went with your boy Biz, but I did get a block of orange cream fudge. Oh, it was so good. I've been eating that since, well, most every day since then, because it would not be good for my health if I had that every damn day. 
but it was great. I got my apple stick. I fed the ducks there. I got that at the snack bar, 10% off discount. So it's always nice to, actually economical, and also makes common sense to make your purchases at the store, and then you get the 10% off coupon for the snack bar. And then you go feed the ducks, trop around the property, which we did for a little bit. Some of the people who were not comfortable with eating at the chuck wagon at the teepee decided to have a late lunch at the Fly Creek Cider Mill. That included my hosts. And then about 3 o'clock or sometime before 3, we went to the village of Cooperstown. But before we get there, I've been remiss in leaving out one shout out, and that's to Brandon Polcare. And this is a quick trip back to Jason's Sports Corner for a little bit. Thanks to a live stream on YouTube, I got to see Brandon Polcare in action for Bellator MMA in their Bellator 222 event. Trying to copy the UFC, huh? Brandon Polcare, I'm happy to report, made short work of his opponent, dispatching him by submission. In 157 of the first round. Actually, I think it was punches, TKO, or something like that. He certainly didn't submit the crap out of him. But he fucked that boy up, man, his opponent. It was a battle of the Brandons, by the way. Oh, Brandon. And Brandon Polcare, our boy, the pride of Saratoga Springs, New York, got the job done. 157 in the first round. He's now 2-2 two two in Bellator. And we look forward to his next fight. In fact... He was the last fight in the preliminary card, so that was the live stream, trying to get people onto the zone and pay the exorbitant sum of money to watch it live. But it was worth it. The live stream of the preliminary card, free and worth it. Oh, preliminary card, I should say. Whoops. All right, well, let's get out of MMA and get back to the birthplace of baseball, and that's Cooperstown, New York, the main objective of our trip. I rode with Andrea's brother and thus David's brother-in-law, Howard, as I'm getting a visit from Otis the Wonder Dog here, folks. This is going to be a shit show of the second half of this trip. And, of course, hit up all the usual spots. A brief look at Willis Monet Books. Bought a Montreal Expo shirt at this place called Mickey's Place. Saw one in the back room I had in my eye, like, oh, I'm going to take that one. Even though I did see an Expo shirt at 7th inning stretch, it wasn't really to my liking. Like, well, maybe they'll have something else in one of the other shops, which I wound up doing. Where else did I go? 7th inning stretch, I mentioned that. Went to Tin Bin Alley with the rest of the group later on. We just split up our, each in our individual ways. A number of groups did not go downtown or into the village at this point. They decided to go to the Farmer's Museum. I opted not for the museum, like, I'm gonna go hit the shop, but I may do it next year, go to the Farmer's Museum. But I've been in one shop, I've been in all the shops. <laughs> there, got Otis the Wonder Dog at my side here. He's listening to all this. <laughs> Sorry about that, we got a little sidetracked. Well, made into Tin Bin Alley, got a 10 cent pixie stick, a little old timey candy for your boy Biz bit of a sweet tooth on them and that was it really now there was one big change here normally after we're done doing all that shopping in Cooperstown we would go to the Hawkeye Inn at the Otisaga the Hawkeye Grill at the Otisaga hello you feel great you know Otis is really providing a distraction here now he's at my side anyway we normally go to the Hawkeye Grill at the Otisaga however when Andrea made the reservations much to her surprise, she found out it was all booked up solid. 
Father's Day, I will on the bet. That's when we made the trip, day before Father's Day. All the golf and whatnot. U.S. Open was going on that week. Congrats, Gary Woodland, on that front. Watched the last part of the final round Sunday evening. So what was there to do for us? Well, there were two other choices in the village proper. One was this little bistro called Mel's. And I don't think any of us were dressed for it. It was like too fancy schmancy. So it was ultimately decided we were going to eat at the pit at this place called the Tunnicliffe Inn. There's this little restaurant called the Pit. Under the un Tunnicliffe Inn. I almost said under the Undercliffe Inn. Man, my mind's all over the place. I've mentioned before. I apologize. Otis has not helped, but he's rested up and he's at my side right now. So... We had a great meal at the pit. The Tunnicliffe Inn had a vegetarian black bean burger. After finding out the vegan option was going to cost about a buck and a half more. But it was a great meal. I know everybody else's cell phone reception was messed up. Mine included. That's Virgin Mobile for you, ladies and gentlemen. Had a great meal. Had a little bit of an issue with separate checks. So we had to go three ways. And not like three, three, three. My three hosts went one way. One of the other companions of mine went separate. And then everybody else just threw in. So I put in $20 because that was going to be more than enough to cover the cost of the meal, the tip, everything. And then about 7.30, we left the village. And that was it. We made the long slog home to Albany. Of note, and this is another sports news mention... I found out that Howard wanted to listen to the Albany Empire Arena Football League game on the radio. So we tried the station. We couldn't get it in the town of Springfield on the way home from Cooperstown. But when we hit Cherry Valley going Route 20 eastbound, I figured, eh, just out of curiosity, I'm going to turn on the radio and see if we get something resembling a clear signal. And lo and behold, a pre-Father's Day miracle, we did. And we listened to the game all the way back to Albany. Did run to a little interference in Sharon Springs, but it was a great ride. The Albany Empire were in Washington, D.C. to face the Valor. And Howard and I got to be ear witness to the third largest comeback in Arena Football League history. Albany came back to beat Washington 56-55. to In fact, by the time we got back to the house, the game was just about over, but... Washington still had the ball, and it was up to Albany to make the stop to seal the victory. Howard busted out his cell phone, and he streamed the end of the game live right there in the front lawn. Oh, it was amazing. It was a great, it was a great cap on the day. Not a crappy end by no means. It did rain when we were in Cooperstown, but it wasn't really bad. It wasn't like the first year was on the trip. We pulled in the Schneider's Bakery and just absolutely made a run for it. After Howard fed the meter, we all made a run for shelter at the Schneider's Bakery. But I had a wonderful trip. We got back early. I think it was like 9.30 or thereabouts. So that means I got back about 10.15. And that made for a perfect end to a great day. Well, traveling is something I did a good deal in the summer back in my day and even now. And of course, this is going to lead into our main topic. We're going to take you back to how I viewed one of the greatest summers of my life and probably the best summer of my formative years when I went from boy to prepubescent being. And that is, ladies and gentlemen, the summer of 1994.
is AC. I have OJ in the car. Okay, where are you? Please, I'm coming up the five freeways. Okay. Right now we all we are okay, but you gotta tell the police to just back off. He's still alive and he's got a gun to his head. He just wanna see his mother. Let me take him to the house. It became carnivorous. A terrible legacy grew up where it was expected that when the collective bargaining agreement expired, the two sides would be at daggers drawn and you would have a work stoppage. Ah, yes, the summer of 94, one of the more formative summers of your humble host's life. Let's begin at the beginning. I mentioned in episode 49 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast that summer unofficially began for me on Memorial Day weekend of 94 when I went to see the Montreal Expos for the first time. And what a year it was. Well, what season it had been until later on, you'll find out. I told you about Larry Walker hitting the home run, getting the little vial of cologne to bring back to the state. Thankfully, I didn't get pinched for it. It was part of a giveaway. But then the following Friday, I remember, ooh, it was hot. It got up in the 90s. You think climate, nobody was thinking of climate change back then as they are now, or more conscious of it. We didn't know at the time, <laughs> but this is going to be serious problems down the road. And it was like 90 degrees, and it was to the point where schools out was held in the backyard at Dorothy Nolan Elementary School had the little slip and slide going. I think I may have taken part. It was so long ago, I really don't know, to be honest with you. And it was around that time that the sad news came of the death of Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis. This is the widow of the slain President Kennedy. And she had been in that way since that dreadful day in Dallas, November 22, 1963 when he was shot in that motorcade, Dealey Plaza. I won't go into the whole thing about conspiracies and that, but I also remember being in the fifth grade classroom of one Mrs. Shuff, who was still, to this day, my all-time worst teacher. But I was on the verge of getting out. Details on that to come a little bit later on. And she had had the AV club wheeling a TV. This is how long ago this was, ladies and gentlemen. And we watched the funeral of Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis. Why, I don't know. Maybe part of history? May was getting her jollies off. I really don't know, to be honest with you. But we would soon be rid of Division Street School, be saying goodbye to that for the last time. We had our graduation from Drug Abuse Resistance Education, the D.A.R.E. program. In fact, I remember we had Officer Lafayette in fifth grade. In fourth grade, we had Officer Compernall. And I got to be friends with his son, Chris, believe it or not. We got to be in high school together. We graduated. He played on the hockey team. My sophomore year in high school, they won the New York State Championship. Now, if memory serves, and don't quote me on it, as I'm always seeing this through the mist of time, the 17th of June, 1994, I believe, was my D.A.R.E. graduation. On that same day, it had become a big day in the world of sports. Ken Griffey was on a historic pace to break Roger Maris' single-season record for home runs. The New York Rangers had a victory parade for their first Stanley Cup win since 1940. I remember watching Game 7 feeling so happy for the Rangers. The World Cup opened in Chicago. Of course, we're going to host it again along with Canada and Mexico a good seven years from now. 
And Arnold Palmer had his last U.S. Open. He bid farewell. I believe it was at Pinehurst. Don't quote me on that either. However, all of that was overshadowed by a slow-speed car chase in Los Angeles when O.J. Simpson, a star running back, a legend, a football Hall of Famer, a man who was an exemplary of clean living among the African-American community. Like, you work hard, you put in the effort, you put in the sacrifice, you can get to great places. He was a running back with the Buffalo Bills. He was a star at USC. Well, earlier that month, he murdered his wife, Nicole Brown Simpson, and his brother-in-law, too. And on the 17th of June, that fateful day, there was also, by the way, uh, I think it was Game 5 of the NBA Finals, if not Game 6 at Madison Square Garden. The Knicks were facing the Houston Rockets. NBC was going between L.A. and New York. They were bi-coastal with the coverage of both events. But the O.J. slow-speed car chase wound up being one of the most viewed iconic moments of the 90s, if not of all time. And, of course, we all know about the trial and how that dragged on. That was broadcast during the day, and what a sensation that was. Even in the days before the Internet and social media and all that. This was a different time, as I keep saying with these stories. Way different. And then we graduated from fifth grade. It was kind of an emotional time at that point, because here I was leaving the safety of elementary school and going into the rough-and-tumble world of Maple Avenue Middle School. That would happen in the fall. So now we had fifth grade graduation. My sister graduated from high school on top of all that. She was going off to Nazareth College in the fall. Had a nice party for the both of us. And I remember for fifth grade graduation, the World Cup was going on at that time too. And I got from one of my relatives, with whom we are not on speaking terms anymore, a paperback book. It was a guide to the World Cup, which we were hosting at the time. Yeah, more on that later. Of course, the 4th of July happened. It was the auto goal, the infamous auto goal from Colombian goalkeeper Andres Escobar that put Colombia out of the World Cup. Actually, it was June 22nd of 94. It was a semifinal match or something like that. I don't know. It was so long ago. I know that Brazil beat Italy in penalties. It kind of put a damper on the things there, but it led to the creation of MLS. It led to... A lot of things down the road. Interest in footy took flight this decade with the Premier League on NBC. Of course, I know David Beckham going to MLS. That really didn't spur it at the outset. But Tall Oaks from Little Acorns grow. And it's great to see footy slash soccer's growth and popularity in the United States. The Premier League certainly leading the charge. I want to get back to the Andre Escobar Auto goal. It will be 25 years ago this Saturday, as I record this, 22nd of June, 1994, when all that went down. And sadly, that was the end for Andres Escobar when he returned to Colombia. Pablo Escobar, no relation, had put a hit on him, and he wound up being murdered. So sad event there. You think Andres Escobar had it rough that summer? The sport of baseball had it rough. I mentioned the Montreal Expos earlier. When play stopped for not only temporarily, but for wound up for the season, the Montreal Expos were leading the National League East. And, of course, my club, the New York Yankees, still going all these years later, were leaders in the American League East. They did the realignment. This was going to be the first postseason with a wild card. You'd have the three division winners, 
and a wild card spot in each league. It's different now. You got like the three division winners plus three wild card spots. The latter two ballot out for that spot. They actually have five teams in contention. I messed up. So you got five teams. Of three, and then you have two wild cards, and those two teams ballot out to get that wild card spot and move on to the tournament. This was not the case in 94 with the four teams in contention in each league. Bud Selig called a halt and play when the collective bargaining agreement expired on August the 12th of 94. Thus putting an end eventually to the 1994 MLB season. And what a season it was. The Expos were in first place in the NL East, as I mentioned. Ken Griffey Jr. was on his way to breaking Roger Maris's record. Turned out to be bad news because he wasn't on steroids so far as anybody can make out. And he's in the Hall of Fame now. And that, unfortunately, led the way for guys like Mark McGuire... Sammy Sosa and Barry Bonds to get all roided up and start hitting ballparks or hitting ballparks and start hitting balls out of these ballparks left, right, and center. Sosa and McGuire in 98 bringing fans back to the game where Cal Ripken kind of failed with his consecutive game streak. And of course, we all know Barry Bonds 2001 breaking the single season home run record and six years later, now the holder of the all-time record. So the strike, I think, tainted baseball because it allowed these roided-up players to just club balls out of the park. And, of course, in the end of an era, too, the Albany Colony Yankees, after 12 seasons at the now-demolished Heritage Park in suburban Albany, New York, announced they would be pulling up stakes and stealing away into the darkness. They would set up shop in Norwich, Connecticut, starting in the 1995 season. We would get a new team later on, but it wouldn't be minor league. It was some independent league. And they lasted for a few years. The ballpark and team are both gone now. Left to the memory of those who were witness to the games at that point. Me included. What else happened? Well, also, I developed a sense of wanderlust that summer, too. It's been a trait of those of us with high-functioning autism slash Asperger syndrome to want to leave the pack and go out and explore the world on our own without accompaniment from anybody. And I certainly developed quite the taste for Wanderlust as my sister graduated from college that summer and we went off to Nazareth College of Rochester where she would be a freshman. I remember moving her in at a Plymouth Colt Vista with no stereo, at least not yet anyway, so I had to provide all the entertainment. This is before the era of the internet and smartphones and Spotify and iTunes and iPods and I this and that. A lot different time. And, of course, after we moved her in, we visited her that Friday. Got to see how she was holding up with everything. She moved in early because she was on the tennis team, my sister. And got to see Cramp. They got to see campus. It was crowded. I said Krampus. Hello. That will be years later. Making mistakes left and right. Hopefully this isn't hampering your enjoyment. And this whole segment isn't boring you to tears. But anyway, this is how I saw it through the mist of time. So I got to see orientation weekend. It's crowded. There's students and their families have invaded the campus of Nazareth College. Got to see her. And after mom and I said our goodbyes to our sister, we would be back to visit her Labor Day weekend. There was one little surprise my mom, God rest her soul, had for me. And that was a visit to the New York State Fair in Syracuse. Wow, I wasn't expecting this. I had a wonderful time. And it was one of many memories that my departed mom and I would have on the road. It was just the beginning. And that summer ended with me, her, and my dad 
going to visit her college Labor Day weekend, and we went to Niagara Falls. Got to ride the May of the Mist and go into the falls and wear ponchos so our clothes wouldn't get wet. It was quite the time, and it was the cap on an amazing summer. Or, if I could just sum it up in the words of the great author Charles Dickens, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. Well, gang, it's back to 2019 as I wrap up episode number 79 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast. Just think, we're 20-plus episodes away from the century mark. 100. Who'd have thought we'd gotten this far? But let's not think about that just yet. Just want to say thanks for listening and thanks for bearing with me as I take yet another ride in the time machine. We're back to the present day now. As I said earlier, you can subscribe to this podcast. I'm off SoundCloud now, so you can listen on Podbean. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, for now anyway. I think I'll still be on there once all the changes take place. Also, you can listen on uh, Himalaya, not a sponsor. The podcast you're choosing, wherever I am, you'll find me there. Android device, I still have the feed up, so if you have a podcaster that does not show my podcast, you can just paste the feed on there and boom, there you go. It'll be on there, at least in your little world anyway. I started this episode by remembering a great of music, Dr. John, and sadly I'm going to bring it full circle by paying tribute to Bushwick Bill of the Ghetto Boys. What you're hearing in the background is their biggest track called My Mom Playing Tricks on Me. Well, hopefully your mind, your ears weren't playing tricks on you, as we say rest in peace Bushwick Bill. And once again, thanks for listening as he struggles to wrap up this episode properly. So I'm just going to say thanks again. Hope all is well with you and yours. Hope if you're a dad out there, you had a great Father's Day. And as always, and above all else, wait for it. Wait for it. Keep smiling. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Sit, boo-boo, sit. Good dog. This is our... And nobody gonna dictate our freedom. Stay strong. Thank you.